we go. We're starting to record now. Alright, so I'm not sure if I'm flying solo here. Usually a Monday crowd's a bunch bigger than this. Being Tuesday, thanks to Valentine's Day. Conflict. Alright, so I guess if you want to learn more about what I'm showing here, uh, join uh, the email here, the email newsletter, quantlabs.net slash contact. Alright, so <clears throat> I did put up a, um, a um, an interesting report that was generated by my programming with a new, come on, okay. Um, let's see here. I have to chop something. Let me get rid of my sublime. Alright. Um, don't think I need this. Don't need my word stuff. Yeah, definitely don't need that. Um, just give me a second here while I clean up the, uh, okay, that should free up a little bit of memory. Okay, so let me show you the report I did show, um, I just got to navigate over to it. Alrighty, uh, where are we? Okay. Now, on the technical front, I'm using Python to build this. I'm using a package called Quant. Stats for this, for those that want to know. And I'm going to show you the output. Okay, so... This is what I generated today. Um, first thing we're going to show you is the so-called strategy, the last latest basket. I'll show you what the combination is. But uh, this is how it works. We have our benchmark, which is SPY. And then we have our basket, which is this one in the blue line. And that's basically a combination here. But here is the important thing is the uh, CAGR, Compounded Annual Growth Return, 86%, and this is over the last year, for the strategy or the basket. The benchmark, again, which is SPY, would have returned you 15.29. So 15.29 is fairly strong for the SPY or the S&P 500. Um, but you can see here that we're oh, I don't know, four or five times more uh, with the basket than the benchmark, okay? This is a really strong benchmark. Now, if I show you the markets today, what happened, the markets were generally positive and fairly strong, okay? The last couple of weeks, it's been fairly negative. Um, as I hinted, uh, the S&P over the last uh, 
few months or six weeks since the beginning of the year has been negative. Um, so it's not as strong, but there are other um, instruments combined that will give you a much stronger return. So here it is. Blue is this, the basket and the benchmark. So for um, last year, 2021, you would have gotten uh, this return right here at about, as I said, 15%. I'm just going to let you allow you to speak. Uh, thanks for joining. Um, so this would give you 15% return. And as I said before, the compounded would be 85% uh, in the blue. That's for last year. Now, um, when you look at uh, this year, which has mostly been negative, as I said, with the stock market or S&P 500, that's negative, okay? Um, you can see that right here on the year-to-date. So the S&P 500 or the SPY would be negative 6.8, 6.08. But meanwhile, this one in blue, again, the basket is going to give you a return of 16.96. This is how strong this is, okay? So when you look at the monthly return of the basket, um, since, let's say, December, you would have gotten a 31% monthly return in December, 11%, and 2.61%. So what is this basket I speak of? Now, this is the combination here. This right here. Oil, SPY, uh, Nifty, which is the uh, one of the indices for India, and Soybean. So that's the uh, basket that generated what I'm just showing you showing here uh, and it's very that's probably the strongest one I've seen yet okay um, so at any point just jump in if you got questions so again that is a basket of oil spy India nifty and the uh, soya bean so when you individually look at these just for the last few months um, here you look at soybean you can see how just in the last three months, it's just spiked huge. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why you get a massive uh, return like that in the last few months. Oil's another one, really strong. Uh, India's been pretty good too. So these have been very, uh, very positive. I mean, India's been flat the last few months, but when you look at the la all the last year, this was really strong as well. And then of course, the S&P or SPX 500 been steady and then since the uh, virus and the Federal Reserve print money like drunken sailors it's done well and then started to decline here so the real drivers is uh, Brent crude especially uh, soybean over the last three months people always forget about um, about soybean or any of the agricultural products so that's done really well so that's why you get this really strong uh, return as a, as, a, as a more as an aggressive way to trade on top of just general S&P 500 and it's not that difficult because you, 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 you can use um, any valid ETF that um, you can ex access through your broker um, in my case interactive brokers so that's pretty pretty strong no questions any questions no yes maybe okay 
So I think this is going to be a very short uh, presentation. Um, the next one. So as I said, the market has been really negative uh, the last few months, the last few days. Let me show you what I mean here. So if you look at um, the quant, my my newer domain under this event, I reported the overall um, market. Just trying to load this in. Okay, I should load it in. Oh no. Dot net. Okay. So. Okay, so we are referring to Squander Events. Uh, this one right here. So, what I am going to show you is the overall returns for just the S&P 500. So, yet again, uh, the benchmark usually is the SPY. Um, okay, that's the standard benchmark. I would have thought it was the S&P 500, but according to Investopedia, it's the SPY, the largest ETF in the world owned by BlackRock. Now, here's the um, returns for the S&P 500 uh, as of Friday. Five-day return, 1.8% negative. Monthly, negative, 5.2. Three-month, 5.6. And year-to-date, okay, so that's the beginning of the year, 7.3. So, that's how it's been, Okay. Uh, for the S&P 500. So to be able to find baskets that beat that, which shouldn't be hard to do, uh, is worthy. Now, because of the S&P 500 has been negative, there's a few um, a few uh, other baskets you can use for defense, uh, for defensive or uh, cyclical kind of markets. Okay, so if I take these out and then look at something like uh, for defensive, uh, we got corn as an example. Now we can also do currencies. Currencies are very good if you have a, uh, a set of currency pairs that are doing quite well. So when you look at this, we have corn, pound against the Australian dollar, euro against the Swedish krone, um, and, and that one is probably the best uh, currency pair right now uh, that I can see. So that's a pretty good one. So these are certain instruments that people forget about, okay, and, and these change all the time, right? So this is a sweet Swedish kroner. Uh, we're going to look at the monthly view. So considering it's not very strong, the last few months has been much, much stronger due to the fact of the market. So this is one of those safe havens. I would have said it used to be the Swiss franc. It used to be this Japanese yen but because their debt's pretty high. And Sweden's fairly got a, a cleaner balance sheet. People are putting and storing uh, money in Swedish kroner because it's a safe haven for them. And that shows here when the markets have turned over the last few months. So that's another uh, really good uh, trade. And another one that's really good is corn. So if I showed you corn as another uh, agricultural product, um, a lot of people never think about this because they always think about, um, you know, stock markets, gold, maybe oil. But you can see here, corn, corn is very similar to soybean. Pretty strong, 
with the, that high inflation kicking in, right? So with that mind, uh, we can also look at gold. Um, I don't know. Let's look at... Uh, let me just clean up some of these charts here. Now, all those charts I've shown you are monthly. Okay? So... One of the stronger currencies for either corn, uh, for gold and silver is in the Canadian dollar. Again, I don't know why. It's just the way it is. So here's silver. You can see it did really well over these three months, last uh, 2020, April, uh, May, June, and July. For four months, it spiked like hard, like really high. Here for the last three months, uh, it's been very flat. That's silver. And then when you look at gold, again, on a monthly view, uh, sorry, that's all daily view. Uh, you can see it's been very flat. Um, let me just pull up uh, the monthly view here. Um, it's been steady, but not really spiking like the other commodities. So it's not the best, but um, based upon timing, so if you look at the weekly, you may start to see gold kind of spike a little bit. Let's see the daily view. Yeah, so in the daily view, it, it's been spiking. You can see that in the volume. That's, of course, because of the um, stock market and other bad news out there that drives up drives up gold but drives down um, the stock market globally. So the other one, uh, so we have gold, silver, pound against the Australian dollar, and corn. So let me show you what those sort of, that basket will return. Okay, let me just do that, save and run it. Uh, maybe I should save my output file. So I'm going to call this and back it up. I don't want to lose it. I'll call this February 15. Alright, so I'm going to generate the new one that I just changed. It takes a couple of minutes. If you got any questions, let me know. Comments, let me know. Okay, so off it goes and starts running. So this is a defensive play. Now, I want to show you the difference between uh, gold and silver. So we have right now five instruments that have uh, these. Again, corn, pound against the Australian dollar, euro against the Swedish krone, gold and silver. And I'm going to show you the difference between that and when I take out silver. It, the, 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 the difference is massive. So this takes a, a bit of time here. Okay. But this this is uh, going to be very, very huge difference. About 20%. Again, this is over a year. Just by taking out one instrument. So the U.S. markets, that one I showed you uh, before... Uh, this one is really good. That, I mean, 85% return is unreal. Like, like that's that's really no mystery there. Based upon the uh, re charts I showed you among for these uh, instruments. So, wow, this takes a long time. Let's see if it's already generated. It's not generated yet. Because what it's doing is it's using uh, Yahoo Finance data. So 
so it can, it can take a bit of time. Plus, the system's kind of chewed up right now with other processes running in the background. Um, no survey. I've switched over to uh, over to Visual Studio Code. Wow, this takes a while. Usually, it's not this long. No questions, man. If you got a comment, you you can speak. Okay, it looks like it's done. Is it done? Not not yet. Um, like I was saying, this is the output of uh, Visual Studio Code that I've been getting. Um, okay, there's the new report. Let's open this one up. Okay, so here is with the silver, okay? So, because I have silver, it's not as strong. You can see here it has a 13% for the basket in blue, and then it's underperforming compared to the S&P 500 or the SPY, okay? That's over the last year. So, monthly, it, it does very well this year, year-to-date. Um, but if you were to run that all year, I'll show that to you in a minute. Um, you can see here the returns: nine percent December, six percent January, seven point seven percent in February this month. All right. So as I said, this is not a stellar performance for the last year. Last few months it's been okay. It did outperform the S&P, but for the year it didn't. But look what happens when I take out uh, silver. So now, I'm just going to copy and paste this again, duplicate it, and show you the difference. Okay, so I'll take this out. So now I'm going to have five instruments, uh, each weighted at 25% a piece. Uh, just so you know, I can run another separate script that will optimize these weightings and rebalance them precisely to give you optimal, optimal uh, returns. So let me save, we run. Let me just uh, just as a backup, I'll rename this one. Okay, with SLV. Okay, so I'm going to rerun this one and show you the difference. The difference is massive. Okay, off we go. Yeah, so the, the difference will be pretty... Uh, oh, sorry, i got to make these 20%. Not, oh, yeah, 25%. Uh, okay, rerun. This should run no problem. But the difference, in a nutshell, is about an extra 20%. So the silver will bring down uh, the entire performance of that basket I just showed you. It'll bring it down by 20%. So this is why it's important to ensure that you properly weight your instruments and you properly uh, uh, weight them and, and you have the right, correct ones. So. In my case, these are long only because that's all I can do really. 
Um, on certain exchanges and brokers, you can do shorting as well. But in my case, I could do long only. So the, the difference is massive. As I said, it's an extra uh, 20%. I got a whiny uh, chihuahua right here. It's been, a, been really uh, needy lately. Okay. I don't know if you can hear them. Okay, so it's going to take a while again. Oh. Okay. And I can show you uh, a crypto one, and I can also show you another defensive uh, basket here. So these are various ones. Uh, but if you were to look at the larger crypto coins, they're not very good performance. But that's a separate. Okay, so here's our report. Is it almost done? Yeah, there it is. Okay, so again, remember we only had 13% return for the year on that basket. So we've removed silver, and look at the difference. So that was at 15%, the S&P that's a spy is the benchmark and now we're almost tripling our return for last year because <laughs> we take out silver we include gold but we take out silver it just blows my mind when you rebalance one or the other and this portfolio for last year just eked out the spy but it still blows the doors off of um, this year and uh, they're pretty strong returns as well. So I just want to show you that. Let me show you another return. So I'll rename that one as well. Uh, I just want to show you the different optimizing weighting of these things. The difference between just one between one instrument. It's 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 crazy. Okay, so now let me just show you this one, the first one. This one's not too bad either, but the one I showed you today uh, was quite strong. So I have various different uh, baskets. Um, let's see here. I'll just show you one more with a corn. So this one's got uh, corn. That's the UK. Uh, this is France, the CAC, and the Japanese yen against the U.S. dollar. Okay, so I don't think this one's as high, but um, just to show you uh, the different types of baskets you can generate to get pretty good returns that'll beat out the S&P 500 or SPY. Um, Just take a while for it to generate. Now, one thing I keep mentioning is uh, how do you know when to go defensive or not? Uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, I always talk about the gold-silver um, ratio. Uh, you cannot. I haven't seen you can get that available through interactive brokers. 
but this is the WANDA data. We just uh, continue to take care of this. Okay, let me show you the. Oh, here it is, gold-silver ratio. So as I keep saying, if you want reliability in terms of indicators on when when the market will turn to go defensive or cyclical or up or down long term, this 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 ratio is is it gold-silver. You see, we can have a rally here, which means it's more risky in the market. So if you went back to 2008 and 9, uh, it spiked because uh, it's high level of risk in the market. The markets were crashing. Uh, the Fed stepped in and pumped uh, a lot of liquidity in the market, calmed it down, which brought down the ratio. And then once things so somewhat normalized, uh, the risk started to build back up again in the market over a decade. So this is easy money. And right here is when the the uh, pandemic hit uh, two years ago, and it spiked it, and then they pumped more money into it, the Federal Reserve, and then the ri risks still continue to move up. So overall, when you look at this going all the way back to 2006, the risk overall in the market and economy uh, is global, just keeps going up because of a lot of the country's debt out there. That's why they're doing the Great Reset to sort of normalize and bring it all back down because they you, you can't hide this ratio so we have inflation right now we never talk about it so that's a reliable factor a reliable um, indicator and that's why you get uh, the agricultures like corn and uh, uh, corn and soybean doing pretty good and it's actually outperforming um, actually outperforming gold and nobody thinks about it funny enough. Okay, so let me see if our uh, report is complete. Uh, okay, so is our report finished? It looks like it is. <clears throat> so this is a totally different basket uh, that we're going to look at. Um, this still outperformed the S&P quite a bit. So you can see here it's not as strong as a prior basket, but still it's pretty good. 39% annually uh, against the SPY. And uh, again, most of the performance was over the last few months. Um, as you'll see here, uh, actually it's not as strong, but it was in December. So when you rebalance it and finding these combined um, Baskets, you can you can get really good monthly returns, which compounds your overall um, your overall performance. And uh, look right here, 21 percent, 11.77 percent. That's pretty strong. Uh, but you obviously don't want negative. So these baskets are really important. Again, that basket, and, and the key word here is they're uncorrelated. They're not related to each other. If you have related, um, correlated instruments together, they're not going to smooth out um, if, if, if they're all down. I mean, it's fine if they're all uh, strong, but you still want to try to find as many uncorrelated assets as you can. So here, obviously, corn, the British pound, France, CAC, and the Japanese US dollar are not really related to each other. Um, let me do the crypto. 
if you want to see that. I should show you how this is not to be relied on. Uh, but crypto can do pretty good. Just the last few months has not been doing it. It's been doing good, but it's not the big legacy coins. Um, but this one's very, very poor the last three months because of obviously crypto's either gone flat or, or dropped. So we got here Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, the big ones, uh, the legacy ones, uh, all equally weighted at 25%. And then if you want, I can do uh, this one. Uh, that includes the UK, USD, Japanese Yen, the S&P 500, UK, and two other currencies. But it's just the whole point at the high level is to show you the importance of these baskets and, and knowing how to rebalance them. If it's once a week, if it's once a day, once a month, depends upon you. Um, and it also really comes down to your level of risk uh, based upon your risk profile. Obviously, you don't want to go too aggressive if you're uh, close to retirement. So as opposed this kind of basket's not really exactly uh, aggressive holding oil, uh, SPY, India, uh, Nifty, and soybean. That's not aggressive. Where it does get become high risk is if you have an account size of let's say over 100,000, quarter million, or a million dollars, you don't want to just hold four assets in all of those for that amount in, a, in an account. What um, I'm thinking of is if depending upon your risk you could hold a hundred thousand at most and have a basket for that per hundred thousand you can have five ten uh, of these different baskets within your call it master uh, portfolio so I think we're done uh, here so I'll put yes that's that's a new one Okay, so this is the, the, I think this is the crypto. Yeah, so this is the crypto now. So remember, this is Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, and um, Ripple and Litecoin. So up until last year, it did amazing. Okay, and it's not recovered uh, up until probably May of last year. Okay, those four. Uh, so if you were holding an ETF in crypto, you would have gotten slaughtered specifically holding those four large coins. You would have had an abysmal year since May. But up until that point, you, you, you would be up to almost 200%. I mean, there's a lot of volatility there, but uh, you could have done well. And uh, as you can see here, uh, really bad years for both 2022 and 2021 for those crypto pairs. Not good. But let's look at the monthly return here, where they're very strong with this. Uh, very volatile, negative 70%, I believe that's uh, January, February last year, 100%, but this was the big month in uh, April, and then it crashed, and I had another 135% back in August, and October was a good month as well, everything else was was uh, not good, but look, look at February, 75%, so crypto has come back, very volatile, so holding a lot of crypto using those um, four pairs, you would you be crucified. Um, but overall, um, up until here, you would you would have done pretty 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 good. 
but uh, let's look at the uh, more short-term returns. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it's all, well, actually, months to date, just for this month, look at you'd be up 75% for crypto, those top four, and you'd be down uh, for the S&P. Huge. Any questions? If not, uh, I can wind it up uh, pretty soon. Any, any questions at all? Comments? So I just want to show you the difference here. I mean, I, I could do this forever and ever. I could even bring in uh, the, the stocks as well, but I prefer to um, hold um, the indices. They're just easier to manage, and especially when you get international exposures I've shown um, as well that, that do outperform the uh, U.S. No comments, questions, I'll wrap it up. Nothing? Oh, go ahead, man. Can you repeat? Oh, no problem, man. This can help you out for retirement. And these are mainstream assets. So, uh, if nothing else, I'll give it a wrap. I'll be doing another one tomorrow night. Okay. Thanks for coming out, man. Okay, have a good night. Bye. Good night. Bye.